You're listening to What We Believe and Why with Dr. George Byron Cook. Well, we're underway as Pastor George begins to unwrap theology, to make it accessible, to make it portable, to make it applicable to our lives today. And it's not something that happens quickly. We're glad you're joining us. Let's get back to it. Here's Pastor George. So here's the outline of what we're going to be doing together. We will begin to go deeper and wider perhaps beyond your comfort zone, as we look into common issues of the faith, their basis in Scripture and the history of the church, how they have separated us or drawn us together, and how we can understand each other's Christian faith traditions and concepts, even across significant divides. We'll study prayer in some depth and probably upset a lot of preconceived ideas about what it is and how it is done properly. And be patient here. There's a lot to learn. Then we'll begin to study the law, a hot topic of both the Old and New Testament writers, and a topic of hot debate even today. This will lead to some revelation about obedience and love, some surprises here and will challenge some magical thinking that rears its head in religious moments. From there, we will dive into covenant. This may well be the most important part of our exploration. Covenant is a word not much used in Christian churches, and probably even less understood than used. But it is the key theme of all of Scripture— and the key relationship that God initiates with us, beginning all the way back in Genesis. Hang on during this. It will be high adventure. We'll then consider the nature and meaning of faith. It might not be exactly what we've grown up thinking it is. We'll let Scripture shed light on it for us. When faith begins, when we enter into covenant, in our relationship with God, Three astonishing gifts are given to us, peace, mercy, and the breath of life. They are the center, the power store, to lift and carry us through this troubled world. We are not left on our own to our own devices, but guided and energized by the one who made us and called us into relationship, called us into covenant. Next, we will learn about heresy. Heresy is a common accusation thrown by Christians toward Christians with whom they disagree, especially when they think the other one has their doctrine wrong. But wrong doctrine isn't what heresy actually means. And so we'll learn what it means and then how and when it has arisen in the church. This helps to protect us from being fooled by counterfeits of the faith. Next, Trinity. Why is it that we assert there is one God who consists of three persons? Even on the face of it, this is a challenging concept. How can it be? What does it mean? And how certain can we be of its actual substance? This is not a question new in the church, and many have wrestled with it for many years, actually many centuries. What can we understand from this important concept? We'll find out. Bible authority follows. 
What authority does Scripture have in our individual lives and in the life of the church? Why? What can and should we assert about it, and on what basis? If the Bible is just another book of advice, among many others, then we have a serious problem. On the other hand, if we assert things about it, about the Bible, that it doesn't even assert about itself, or that have their origins from outside of the faith, then we also have a serious problem. So this will require deep thought and prayer. As we begin heading toward the end of this hard, and I hope gratifying and exciting work, we must grapple with a significant problem in the church, religious concepts. As plainly as I can say it, this is a really big deal. It is critical to knowing who we are in Christ and what is not necessary to that. I won't tease this out here, but suffice it to say that some things we cling to and love about the church and the faith are actually not essential to it and have their origins in another culture altogether. They are not automatically wrong or bad, but they need to be seen for what they are. Knowing this will remove a significant impediment to reconciliation. The church in our time and over history has struggled at love and unity. We have split and split again. So many times it has made us and the world watching us dizzy. Whether the issues were important or not, essential or not, needs to be looked at fiercely, plainly, severely. We will do just that. Finally, we will engage what Jesus and Scripture teach about how to reconcile, how to find unity, and on what that unity can and must be founded. Whatever you do, if you desire to read the book or spend time here in these sessions, don't put it down until you have read or heard the final three chapters. Please, they are the key to the future, and whether each of us will be an instrument of the unity for which Jesus prayed or an instrument of continuing division. I honestly hope that you will work your way to those final three chapters by studying the earlier ones first, listening to the earlier sessions first. There is a lot of careful foundation building done that will help to deeply comprehend those final chapters. My hope is that then you will share the book, share the sessions, invite people to listen to the sessions together, Give it away and share what has been gained from it with other believers and non-believers. I pray that it will be a true seed that will produce 20, 30, or 100-fold of new fruit. If you actually have a copy of the book, What We Believe and Why, at the back you'll find an extensive glossary plus of terms used in the book, a large bibliography and recommended reading list, some funny and relevant humor, and an exhaustive index to the topics that have been covered. The Glossary Plus is nearly a book in itself, and it goes into significant detail 
on the key terms in English, Greek, and Hebrew that are found throughout the chapters. I commend it for reading even on its own, but especially if something is unclear when you first encounter it. And some topics are actually expanded there that are only touched upon in the text. I hope that you will find the adventure a worthy one, and I ask God's blessing upon you and your journey. Let's begin. Essentials and Non-Essentials The 17th century Lutheran Peter Meiderlin once said this, We would be in the best shape if we kept in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, and in both charity. This is an extremely valuable and effective touchstone for our journey. So let's define the terms with precision and then use that precision to our benefit as we proceed. This will prove valuable. An essential is something that is necessary, utterly required for something to be effective, true, or real. You may recall this expression from mathematics, if and only if, if and only if, that defines an essential. A non-essential may be profoundly important, may be valuable or highly regarded, but it is not necessary, not required. This is a critical distinction. Liberty means that we do not force others to conform to our practices or beliefs on issues that are non-essential. And charity means that we treat others with respect and love even when we disagree or differ on either essentials or non-essentials. So just to review that quickly, an essential is something necessary, utterly required, if and only if. A non-essential might be really important or not, valuable or not, highly regarded or not, but it's not necessary, not required. And so the distinction between an essential and a non-essential is critical. And liberty, liberty means that we don't force others to be just like us, to conform to our practices or beliefs or doctrines or traditions, especially on things that are non-essential. And charity finally means that we treat all of them, whether those who agree or disagree on essentials or non-essentials, we treat all of them with respect and love. And so let's look further into the distinctions between the essentials and the non-essentials. Well, in coming programs, we'll continue to explore essentials, non-essentials, liberty, and charity. And Pastor George will apply them to your understanding of theology. I know I'm looking forward to it. Dr. George Koch is a respected teacher known for his ability to communicate the basics of faith across denominational boundaries. He's written numerous articles for magazines, ranging from the Wall Street Journal to Christianity Today. If you'd like to get a copy of the book, What We Believe and Why, it's available for purchase or download at whatwebelieveandwhy.com. We hope you'll check it out, and we hope you'll join us next time for another edition of What We Believe and Why.